Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Greetings from my car. But actually, I'm not driving. I'm parked in my driveway. Very confined space. I just about fit my car into the I have like a back patio that has a rear entrance for a car but it's very narrow I just about fit my car in it's one of the great stresses of my life every night pulling this in and getting it to within a couple of millimeters of the front wall so that when the back gate closes it doesn't close on my car but you know I live in Rialto we've had a history of vandalism in our hood and it's just way better to get the car in the back Not that you needed to know that, but that's where I'm sitting. Just about to take off to head to a cafe to finish the final bit of editing on this very episode. And I thought, let me do this first in a a quiet space and introduce great episode that's coming up with Stephen Mullen, previous guest a few weeks ago. As I had said back then, I had intended to get Steve as a regular guest just the way the last couple of months have worked out. That hasn't been the case. However, that is definitely going to be more the case. In fact, I can announce, even though I do repeat this with Steve at the end of the episode, that both Steve and Joanne McNally are now coming on board as regular contributors to what was the Des Bishop podcast. We will be renaming it, which myself and Steve joke about at the end of the ep. Anyway, today's episode, I mean, it's largely about masculinity. And I guess about male friendships. Um, the the topic was inspired by the fact that Steve told me to listen to a Guardian podcast that discusses masculinity, which of all these sort of modern looks at masculinity, I found it so far the most interesting because I've only watched three episodes. And this is really sort of part one of, of, uh, of at least two episodes where we'll discuss masculinity. Uh, and uh, But Steve had recently also done something with the Dublin Boys Club. So we discussed that in a lot of detail early on. Then we move on to a bit more of a chat uh, about male friendships and then on to uh, a look at the topics that were coming up in this Guardian uh, YouTube series, actually, uh, with uh, Iman, Iman Amrani. Uh, and it was, it was it's, it's interesting, but it's really only the beginning of a chat. I want to watch the rest of it before we discuss it all. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, just for for those that are looking to come to shows, me and Mama on sale all over the country. Uh, make sure you check out Steve at Hello Stevo on Instagram if you're looking for stuff of his. Uh, I'm in Athlone tonight. There's a few tickets left, and then there's no tickets left for any of my shows until I'm in Cavan at the end of the month. Um, so here is myself and Stephen Mullen talking about masculinity, male friendships. And the Dublin Boys Club. Boom, boom, boom. A, B, C, D, E. Is that good? Yeah, we're Talk recording. Like yes. Well, y- your voice is so deep. Mm. <laughs> I interviewed Jess Brennan in here yesterday. Oh, yeah. 
Do you know who she is? No. She's one of these. Well, sorry. I, I saw the picture. I saw a picture and I was like, she's not an accountant. She's not an accountant. <laughs> no, she's cool. She's really interesting. She's she's uh, she's involved in liberated club culture. Oh, right. Uh, so, um, you know, pretty, pretty out there club nights where there's a freedom in your behavior. Yes. And uh, I chatted to her for next week's episode of The Shift. Nice. So she was sitting there where you're sitting yesterday. So yesterday was a much better day than today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But if you follow her on Instagram, she's pretty She's pretty wild. On, check her out, yeah. Yeah, she's wild on the Insta in a fun way. Yes. And, uh, you know, she, she puts it out there. No, no shame attached. Uh, so that's the next episode of The Shift. Uh, but anyway, I just I was just laughing at the difference in um, uh, the the frequency. The no, the frequency of the voice. You know? oh, yeah. it's a it's a lower it's a it, it's a lower frequency. You got a good voice, actually, Steve. I do. Yeah, I would. I'd love to. Yeah. Now, when I do listen to a back doing podcasts and stuff like that, I wouldn't mind having an old doing a bit of radio in the nighttime. Like, do you know when we when we drive home late night from gigs, and you, and yeah. yeah, those late night shows. That voice. Yeah, that voice. But I do find though that. That voice that you're talking about, or that feeling, because you, you at least do the intros on your own, right? Mm. You do, so I find that too. Like I'm doing the intro on my own. I get the headphones in, and it's just me. So you're kind of calm. Yeah. And the, you, you almost feel like you you want to you want to portray this calmness, <laughs> you know? So you almost get into it a bit. I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then you start listening. You know, you're editing. You're listening to your own voice, and you become very conscious of how your voice is coming out. You know? Yeah. And the, and and worrying about gaps and is that too much silence? Yes, and, and the sound of your mouth. Yes. And breathing. <laughs> it gets very ASMR, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, two two male two male voices here in the Desbishop. Two men, masculine two, men. Two masculine voices here in the Des Bishop podcast. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you consider yourself masculine? I got asked that recently. It's an interesting... I never really think about it. Well, I think... By the way, listeners, today's topic of conversation is masculinity. Mm. This isn't... This isn't just a random moment that happened. Uh, but I think, well, masculinity as a term is very loaded. But when somebody says, are you masculine? I think that feminine ha- has become more defined in our in modern culture because there was there was a need to define it mm-hmm. in terms of uh, in terms of women uh, battling for equality. Whereas masculine, I guess, is perhaps not as defined or actually I think is currently in more flux. Yes. I think it would have been easier to answer that question a hundred years ago. Mm. So if somebody says to me, are you masculine? Yeah, I definitely would say I'm masculine. But I think a lot of times when people discuss masculinity in a way that's like he's, he's, he's quite masculine, but there's like a tone on that. Yeah. There's a negative tone there. I think what they really mean is kind of more like machismo. Machismo. You know, just yes, that sense. Macho boy. Yeah, or 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 some sometimes you'll hear the word hyper masculine. You'll never hear the word hyper feminine though. Yeah. But you hear you'll hear hyper masculine, mm-hmm. as if somehow too much masculinity ain't a good thing. Too much testosterone. You'll hear that a lot. Yes, too much testosterone. Yeah. But there is, funnily enough, Matteo Lane. This uh, gay comic that's a good buddy of mine, but he was on he was on the ship. Actually, he was on this Bishop podcast too. Uh, he had pointed me to this great New York kind of eccentric. Uh, she was doing some talks, but she basically puts everything down to testosterone. 
that that's the really that's, yeah that's like why all the good and the bad of men is testosterone <laughs> and she she basically says that men get too much of a hard time because they have to fucking deal with this shit you know I, I I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with the. I was telling you I went for a walk in the in the mountains recently with the the Dublin Boys Club that Mazer organised. You know the street. Oh yeah, that it. was interesting. Actually, that's a yeah. good that's a good starting point actually for yeah. this conversation. Well, I just found it. Um, I got asked to go randomly with my mate who's who's a, a poet, and uh, as as all as all conversations, as, <laughs> <laughs> just just for all our listeners who have normal lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just don't, don't tune out just yet. Don't tune out just yet. The, the, the normalness with Richie said, I went with my mate who's a poet. My mate's a poet, you know. <laughs> poet up in Arbor Hill, you know. Um, but he randomly followed, uh, well, he follows Mazer, and I, I actually missed the post. But he basically put it out there for everybody to go and join um, a group of men to go for a walk in the Wicklow Mountains, and uh, it was the the poet Jeff who said to me, do you want to come down very randomly? I think he sensed that I could do with something like that. Like, I don't, for example, I, I, I didn't know this was an issue maybe till afterwards, but I don't, ha- I don't live in a very masculine home. Let's put it that way. You know, I live with two girls, and it's very... No, it's it's a it's a it's great. It's a girl's but time. But but do you think he was making that judgment, or do you think? No, he- I just think I don't think he was making that judgment. But I, I think he felt that I needed a bit of brother time, you know, a bit of hanging out with yeah. the guys' time, a bit of some doing something positive for myself. But regardless, it's it's a good thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. And so apparently, the Dublin uh, apparently like these uh, boys' clubs have started in different parts of the world. I think they started one in Berlin first. I think that's where Mazer got the idea from. And basically, we met up in the car park of uh, Glendalough uh, on the upper car park there, and basically 30 strangers. <laughs> we didn't know each other. And uh, Mazer comes, he introduced himself, and he, he laid out the rules, which were interesting. And straight but away... But they weren't his rules, right? This is a kind of a... These are kind of the rules of the club, basically. That has become... that, Which is pan-international, like, you know... I think so, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very... they're very. Yeah, but it's basic. almost like AA kind of a thing. Kind, of, yeah, yeah. You start your own meeting, but we have this list of, of, of things that we suggest are going to make this work. Yeah, and one of the rules... Well, the first rule was, like, no no women. We love them, but it's this is about... This is a male this thing. This is a male which thing. Which is fair enough. Uh, and number two was interesting, which was no banter. And he explained that. He said, what I mean by that is there's no taking the piss. There's no putting each other down kind of thing for the crack. Yes. We're here to spend a positive uh, time together. And then the third rule was... So in two, the rule two at the end, it says, so basically becoming a better person means no crack. <laughs> Sorry, was that a good... I just broke the rule. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just broken fucking rule number two here. I think it's that in terms of... if, if No, I totally get it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Jo- I'm actually yeah. joking. I get yeah, it. Because, breaking the rule, test. Well, well, first of all, we're having the fucking banter all the time. So yes. this is basically a time where we're going to say, we're just going to... We're going we're gonna to take that out just in case it's getting in the way of yeah. some of the shit. Well, because we, we communicate in banter. Men, we we generally do communicate in the crack and take yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think, I think that's not just male. And I think Irish people excel mm. at that. But I think... Irish women also uh, can communicate in the banter, but in terms of this, I do think that mm. men do have a slaggy kind of a yeah. a normal way, which I think at times is probably hiding some stuff. So Definitely. I'm joking and I'm with you 100%. And then rule number three was basically to try and talk in terms of I in, instead of we or you or they or all that kind of stuff, which again encourages you to be real, to kind of go, mm. you know, 
no, I I'm like that. thinking this or I'm struggling with that or blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because look, when I've done therapy, the therapist has often said, because you'll say something like, you know, some people, and then he'll yes. be like, what do you mean some people? What do, what do you think? Yes. You know, because sometimes you can sort of give yourself a degree of separation from what you're saying, yes, which yeah. can keep you separate from how you really feel. And in terms of, like, if, even in, I was thinking of that in terms of stand-up there, I was talking to a guy recently, he's like, some, he would encourage me to go, go, go to I, what, what do you think of that? Or what are you feeling about that in order for a premise or a bit that you're working on? Don't, don't it's kind of sometimes too easy to go like women do this men do that and blah blah but you have to go what, what, what do you think of it yes. Stephen, you know which is good yeah. sometimes it's good yeah yeah it's good to do both in comedy it's good to do both but i think in terms of this it's such a great rule that he had mm. uh, you know about the eye because mm. it goes from basically an opinion to how you feel yes you know yeah, like, you can't really get away from how you feel when you're talking about the eye yeah 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 so it that's forces good you. and you find yourself in the first hour like i got talking to a guy straight away who um, and, and straight away you're trying not to, you find yourself laughing, oh, oops, sorry, you know, or whatever. You're trying to keep, you're trying to be truthful to, to, what, to why you're there. So we're trying to, in the conversation, to not take the piss and you're kind of catching yourself. And then, but you find yourself very quickly getting into conversations almost immediately, like five minutes in after where you're from and all that kind of stuff. You find out very quickly why why this guy is on the walk or what he's struggling with or what his dreams are for the next year or you know mm. even why you're there on the walk. It's like yeah, why are you, why are you here? Kind of a thing. Why are we doing this thing together? And it was a really positive experience because we did. It was quite a hike. We did like I think it was some, one of the guys counted. It was something like twelve k with quite quite a climb and stuff like that. We kind of took a break to have lunch at the top of the mountain and came back down again and genuinely tired afterwards. And there was something in that that when I got home. I realized I needed to be up there in the fresh air. I needed to be exhausted. I needed to be exerting myself and letting out the testosterone. And, and you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but do you, do, I mean, just out of curiosity, that's the experience that you had. But had you guys just decided to have like a coffee morning and spent yes. two hours, which was also with the same oh, rules? Absolutely. Perhaps, well, you know, you, you may have also had an experience. Yeah. And I mean, I, mean, I think, I, well, sorry, I was going to say, I like the concept of creating a space mm. where we're just going to do things a little bit different yes and i mean that was just what they did on this dublin boys club it's not always a hike it'll be yes meeting up in his artist studio or something or they want to, they're thinking of something maybe going and building something together sometime or you know all sorts of different ways it might be a coffee morning etc yeah, et yeah 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 um so yeah I th uh, now just out of curiosity mm -hmm. was mazer like you know you knew you were going and what you were hoping to get out of it but was mazer clear on why he thought this matter did he say this is because you know men are struggling or you know he didn't he no he didn't do you know what that was interesting it was that kind of those kind of things seems to be a given <laughs> it was never said but it, it kind of i think there was a general vibe of um we need to be doing something positive together and that was kind of it right there was no there was no other agenda i was a bit wary of something else coming out do you know what i mean of like this is the men's rights group or something, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, I was worried that's, or, or or there'd be one nutter who was on that kind of vibe that, that kind nobody else was on. But it wasn't at all. Um, and I subsequently, by the end of the walk, ended up talking to a couple of other guys who have been doing this kind of stuff in various different groups for years. And that they really, you know, it's kind of a thing. It's, it's their community. It's their getaway. It's their, one of them was doing... Um, a sweat lodge in the states. I don't know if you heard of this. I've, 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 Have you done it? I've done all that. I've never heard of any of this stuff. I'm brand Listen, new to it. Sweat lodges. I've done sweat lodges. I've done a sweat lodge not that far from where you were having your little. Oh walk. really? Okay. 
Yeah, the, 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 the sweat lodges are fun. Yeah. The problem with sweat lodges is uh, there's somebody at my door, which always makes me nervous. Oh, TV license. <laughs> I, oh, no, I, I have my TV license paid. <laughs> but uh, Aiden will get it. It's okay. I don't I don't like it. You just never know. <laughs> you know, I've been getting letters with just Des Bishop I, Comedian. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that in this comment. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. The, the, I, I, I like the sweat lodge stuff and all yes. that. But at the same time, th there can be a little bit of mumbo jumbo. That's uh, yeah. Okay. Now, you. so but I, I heard don't there's wanna, a bit of chanting or something going on, isn't there? It's all a bit of crack. The, here's the problem with sweat lodges. One of the people that was a contributor to the book, The Secret. Oh yeah. Uh, somebody died in one of his sweat lodges because oh, God. the problem with the sweat lodges is it's a Native American thing. Yes. Right. Uh, and the problem with the sweat lodges is that you get these people who give way more credit to a sweat lodge than it deserves for the fucking spiritual experience that you're having. Yeah. When in reality, most people are just fucking dehydrated and they can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. Like going in a sauna is fun. It's really fucking nice. But different people, different fitness levels, some people need to fucking go out and breathe. Yes. But this guy was pushing that, uh, you know, you need to work through that. Yeah. You know? And sometimes people can suggest that something is some sort of spiritual blockage when in actual fact it's just a need for oxygen. It's just too hot, yeah. <laughs> which I believe has also happened with hot yoga sometimes. But anyway, long story short, the guy fucking died. Jesus. Uh, so I'm not completely dismissing sweat lodges. And when I did it, I did enjoy it. It was a fun experience. It was also a male thing. It was just guys. Uh, it was actually a therapist that I was working with at the time was very into the male space yeah. and all that. But this is quite a long. This is well over a decade ago. Okay. Uh, but... You know, we were doing them, and uh, and and and, and I, it was, the experience was positive. However, the I would I doubt, to be honest, other than the bonding, if there's much going on with the sweat lodge, other than like it's a bit of crack, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, those things you can take. It's okay, so sorry, I, I, salt. yeah, yeah. But that aside, what what kind of conversations were you having with these guys? Because we got we got we got a double distraction there. The door plus that. I had um. I mean, nothing, nothing too massively deep or meaningful, but it was just a space to be able to express. To be honest with you, in a, in a, in a, in a I suppose it is a safe environment, but there was no fear of judgment. There was no fear of, um, uh, of anybody laughing at you or feeling stupid because you uh, thought something. And like, I, I had a conversation with one guy who I didn't realize till afterwards. He's a lot younger than me, but he had aspirations to be an actor. You know. And it was this big, huge dream for him. And there was all these blockages as to why he wasn't doing it. And he was, you know, 20, 25, 26, and he hadn't done anything about it kind of thing. And I was able to, from my perspective, go to him, you know, I've I'd never done any acting by the time I was your age. And my first scene in a movie was a Juliette Binoche. Do you know who that is? No, but she won an Oscar for The English Patient. And he was like, wow, what the fuck? So I'm kind of, I'm not saying that, you know, that there's luck involved and all, but you can just go and do it. You know, there are places. And I was able to encourage him and kind of go, yeah. there's, there's places that you can go and you can do an acting class. And, you know, these things are just, to him, he wouldn't even know about that. It was just a dream. He saw people on TV and thought I'd like to do that. But as opposed to, I was able to make that little connection in between where I go, you know, this place is acting classes. Here's the phone number for the guy. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure, yeah. So that leaves him with a positive experience of, of you know, not really. He was in a position where he'd just come back from Canada and didn't really know what he was going to be doing with his life. Yet he has a good job. He's got the girlfriend, somewhere to live. But, it, but, but definitely a sense of feeling a little bit like, you know, 
a bit lost, but not yeah, depressed you came in or anything and like that. Probably just ruined his life. Now he's gonna go fucking act, make no money, <laughs> <laughs> turn into but a like, fucking narcissist. To do, to do it, to do it as to do it as a hobby, and, and kind of go like you, you can explore that. That's an interesting yeah, thing yeah, to go yeah. and explore. But did you have any discussions? Did anybody open up like on more uh, you know heavy stuff? Um, nothing, I mean, I know it's just introductory. Thing. Yeah, it, no, nothing huge. No, nothing. Um, you just got. To, it was more about. I think this particular one was more about getting to know people. Yeah. Um, and it was, I was. Everybody seemed to be sort of from the creative space. Was that kind mix of mix and mix? Uh, little bits and pieces. No, there was a lot of guys who were just in general, um, who were just in, in working lives, um, and just wanting to to bond with other men. I think. Yeah. And there was definitely there was a, definitely a few people who have never experienced anything like this before. So I would, and this is a complete judgment, but I would assume they've never been on football teams or basketball teams oh, before. Right. Do you know what I mean? They were probably studious, did well in college, oh, okay. moved on and are in good jobs, but have never experienced you know a male bonding kind of thing like this. So there's definitely a group of people that were there like that. Um, and then there was definitely lots of people who were um, older than me, successful in their in in their own rights and what they're doing, but maybe feeling a bit. Um, Again, they don't have their own families or stuff like that. Right, right. And so this is their fi- kind of family type of thing as well. Um, so yeah, there was all, it was all pretty introduction and just meeting fascinating people who had experiences from all over the place. It was that was really cool. Just you're meeting really cool people. You know? And there was no, there was no underwriting sort of ethos that was sort of percolating underneath. Yeah, no, because this was the second or the. F- this was the second thing that the Dublin Boys Club had done together. So it's still in its really yeah. early, early days. So there was just, there, I think, uh, what the underwriting thing I felt was like there was a, just a general excitement, actually. Right. General people were happy to be there and cool, what are we going to do next kind of a vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt like you're the, you know, the little rascals or something like that a, a little bit. There was a little kind of boyish excitement about it. And, just, and did you keep, did you keep connections with anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, that's the thing about AA. I mean, not that this stuff is similar to AA or NA, yeah. but there's certain similarities in terms of like you're in a place you're supposed to be honest. Obviously, not everybody follows the rules, but you know, there's like a motivation to get honest with yourself, yeah. to share with other people, like-minded people, blah blah blah. And I do have to do that because I'm I'm terrible at that, bro. I don't like I don't have mates. That's what I was talking about uh, recently. Well, I don't have friends. Like I don't like if you had something that if I had something I was generally struggling, with, I wouldn't really call anyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, that's, and that is a that yeah that's well I was going to say that's a big thing like in all the in all the different journeys that I've gone on in terms of trying to like figure out what makes me tick and you know sort of getting liberation from whatever the fuck is holding me back mm-hmm. a lot of it has been you know stepping outside my comfort zone with other people right being honest making oh. connections okay because the meditation all that stuff is really important yeah particularly around emotional balance and but in the end you do have to take risks like. It's mm. almost like a lot of the stuff that people push for your mental health, which I think is all extremely important, is really training for life. Yeah, and life happens out in the field, you know. And I think genuine breakthroughs often happen in your relationships with other human beings, not just because obviously you have a partner, you have a child, incredibly important relationships, mm. but particularly around masculinity and just like general well-being. Because you've been honest on this podcast before about your own struggles, as have I. You know, a lot of those breakthroughs come from action, not, yeah. not just from introspection, yeah. meditation. 
you it's it's like nearly that's the first part of it isn't it all that introspection the meditation the kind of self-analyzing is like part one and then part two is you kind of have to put yourself out there well especially because like even with therapy like therapy can be tough therapists can have to keep challenging you for you to get to a place where you're actually being honest about something but it's not the same intimacy as opening yourself up to a a person beginning to build a relationship yeah you know and they don't have to be long term but there is something about that vulnerability and that connection that can you know you can find meaning in it you know yeah yeah we were talking about that today i mean the therapist and i'm like i know i'm not good at that at all i don't put myself out there i i think it's probably like a symptom of like i moved around a lot Mm. so i was like in six different schools i think you know so i don't have a connection with like anyone from any of the schools that i went with now i always moved away from being in the gang you know what i mean i always wanted to i was kind of i was in the gang when i was in the teams and all that but i didn't want to be defined by the gang do you know what i mean but like i look at my brother he's literally bought a house back where next to the school that he grew up in back where all his mates are where they're all having babies at the same time they're all yes. married at the same time that's his gang you know that's his family you know um and i've always kind of moved away from that but I, I see the need to to be vulnerable to have to you have to connect. We're built to connect. You yeah. have to connect. I mean, to I'm similar people. to you in that I, I I've moved away from all my gangs. I guess I guess the only difference is because I was so young when I was fourteen when I came here. Yes, but I, yeah. I wasn't with my family. Yeah. And no matter how dysfunctional your family was or how dysfunctional my family was, I, I, I didn't have that to go back to. So I'm act, I find myself quite good at assimilating and just suddenly getting comfortable with people not so much intimate sexual relationships that's that's my weak point <laughs> but my strong point i have to say is ending up in quite strong uh friendships yes quite quickly and and being comfortable in them but also getting a lot out of that you know i've noticed that in the little time that i that i've known you that i've been very impressed by that that we've gotten to meet people through the various different works that we're doing that the friends and the connections that you do have from fucking ages ago but you're great. I've noticed that you're you're great at that. You're great with people. You're great with those friends. You're great at yeah. But they are good friendships, though. Yes, but they're good friendships. But, but you maintain like, them. It's not easy to maintain that over the years, you know. No, well, you know, there's certain things that help, like the shared experiences of like golf, fitness. Yeah. Uh, you know, also like, like the school, the lads from Peters and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Peters guys. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot that you were <laughs> like there that for was. That. I was yeah. there for the whole like, but I, I, like a I, big family dinner. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was a reminiscence. Like those connections were deep back in the day. I don't see those people so okay, much now. Right. But th- but those connections were real. Yes, like, you have those real connections too. It's just that perhaps I mean perhaps you that's just you're, you're 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 either you're not confident or comfortable to be back in one of them and yeah, actually yeah. realize. That they were profound. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, you, you're you. I'm me. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's not get into... I, I, I don't want to get into that, but what I'm saying is that I, I, I do find great value in uh, in those friendships. Like, mm. they, they do they do matter to me. It's not just because I'm not married and I don't have kids, so they're, they're maybe more important than than for, for somebody else who's got a lot going on with their family. But even, even with my friends, like, our friendships do matter to us a lot. Mm-hmm. But I have to also say that, like, when I look at my dad, you know, my dad essentially left the life that he had behind uh, when they finally left London. I was born and then they went back to the States almost immediately. The life that my dad had, the friends that my dad had in my lifetime were people that he only met, like, in the 70s. And he was in his late 30s. Right. 
you know, and, and that's my dad's life. And every now and then he would get a phone call from his old life. But, you know, you have no idea really in a way who your networks will be yeah. moving forward. You know, In 10 I mean? years time, yeah. Yeah, like when your daughter goes to school. Yeah. Like, you know, like a lot of my dad's connections were either through sports with us. Okay. Uh, and, you know, like AA. Right. And all that stuff happened in, 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 in later life. Right. So, you know, who knows what yours will be. But I, I, I wouldn't be thinking that you have to be defined by your past. But I also, you can't compare because different people have different personalities. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't need the same amount of friends you know mm. i think but i think that is a you're, you're right some people don't need the, and, and there is definitely an element there must be an element in the two of us where we thrive on isolation as well because of the work that we do oh yeah well i love the isolation. yeah exactly me too that's the other issue you see. yeah i love the isolation totally. but you got to be careful with the isolation because exactly. exactly. it can be dangerous yes because you're in company with your fucking biggest enemy your own yeah. head yeah <laughs> It's so true, <laughs> you know, because yeah, so it, you know, because you, your head is lying. Like that's all like language from the early recovery for me. But like what you learn, you know, after a while when you fucking start to meditate and you start to fucking watch the mad thoughts, and you realize your fucking head is completely unreliable. It only takes a simple memory, you know, like a simple a simple thing of looking back on an experience. Like even even the way you think about a gig that you mm. just did, and then you watch it and you go, my perception of what happened. And what happened? We're completely wrong. Right. Your okay. head is fucking such an unreliable witness. That's a great, that's a great, that's a brilliant tool to have. It's a great tool to teach. So they teach that in AA. Yeah, but I think they teach that in all, and this is not, listen, I think everything comes from our head. So all this fucking stuff about spirituality and your soul and where the fuck you're feeling, I, I, I personally think it's all coming from our brain. Yeah. You know, so this is just more of a way to, way to get your head around what's going on. Yeah. But like, if your head is telling you something, it does not mean it's the truth. You know, mm. somebody who has an eating disorder, their head is telling them they're a fat bitch. They're yeah. fucking, they're they're deathly skinny. Yes, their fucking head is telling them they're a fat bitch. Uh-huh. You know, so you can't you can't trust uh, you can't trust your brain in so many areas. So that and and th- that's the only reason that came up is to talk about how isolation can be dangerous because mm. sometimes contentment just comes from distraction. It's not always fucking spiritual enlightenment. Yes. It's just sometimes you're in a bad mood and then you go play fucking football yes. or you get busy and two days pass and you haven't fucking sat with your own thoughts for two days and you needed that. Yes. It's not always great, yeah. the meditation and yeah. the fucking, you know, because that's what happens. Some guys like when they will get very rigid. Yeah. And they don't want to move on from it. Well, well, they actually, they just, they, they, they feel like, it's like when somebody gets into the gym early on, they can overdo it. Because suddenly they feel like if they're not fucking working out on a day, then they're going backwards. And so you can almost become like uh, you, you try to be the best the best person on journey of self-discovery that's ever been made. And every day is like, a, how can I better myself? But in actual fact, that's dangerous too because you, you, what happens is you stop, you stop journeying and you just become like obsessive, mm. you know? Yeah. And that's actually more of a... That's more of a of a hiding than you realize, but that's part of the journey too of discovering that and going, oh shit, you know, I, I've I, I've now become, you know, n- yes. n- now I'm OCDing on fucking bettering myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, that's yeah, not yeah. that's not healthy either. But you know, that that's a that's all part of the journey. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 all part of the journey. But basically, uh, you know, a, a lot of people do come to various different realizations when they get to that place. Yeah, it's it, that is that is a great point though about getting out there and. 
you have to uh, distract yourself but getting out there and doing something you kind of got to get your hands dirty in the world don't you to kind of just, just get on with stuff just get on with it for the sake of getting on with it my therapist gave me a great i, I love it's such a simple analogy but i think it's a great one because because of the thing of getting caught in your head sometimes too much but she said to me uh think about when your your daughter is running across the room and she falls over she gets up and she starts running again and while she's running again she's not going just fell over there why did i fall over i shouldn't have done that you know she's not going into this introspective you know yes analyzing of herself and blah blah she just gets up and keeps going and there's a, a certain element of that and what you're saying of like you just kind of have to keep going and not be overthinking it you know? yeah well analysis paralysis is the other term that you yeah. know like in terms of all the the jargon yeah <laughs> uh, analysis paralysis and you know if you get jammed up in your head even about like making new friendships and shit mm. when you get jammed up in your head that actually stops you from just experiencing it and just doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, that it's good that that came up from that Dublin boys group. Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a, a positive experience and, and one, uh, like a positive masculine experience, like of just men being together. And um, there was, you know, you hear the toxic masculinity term thrown around a lot and there was definitely none of that and as soon as you tell certain people that you're going to do it there's a there's you know certain friends will be like oh a men's group is it do you know what i mean mm. so the people will just they'll just shit on it straight away when it's just like nah, we just need some time to hang around with brothers basically and just do something and get, and that was good that was why the conversations came because we were doing something you know we were out there doing something we were out there slipping and falling on our asses in the mud or whatever trying to you know some lads can't get up this hill so you know I'll see you later and keep them going or whatever you know it all works it conversation flows because you're moving you know you're you're negotiating the path it was like really icy and slippy up there that day and that's all part of it that was all that was the getting out there and doing something uh, that enabled a little bit of introspective kind of thought yeah i mean i like that's what I, i've been saying this lately on this podcast on this shift i just like that there suddenly is a kind of a, a a mainstreaming of people trying to have a better sense of who they are mm. and advancing their their wellness. I mean, I know wellness is like a term that's now getting made fun of mm. itself, but at the essence of wellness is a sense of people trying to figure out who they are. Obviously, there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of mumbo jumbo that goes with it all. But even dismissing the mumbo jumbo can be dangerous in the sense yeah. that for every bit of bullshit that goes with yeah. it. People find truth even from the bullshit. Yes. You know? So anyway, long story short, I, I don't like to be too dismissive of some of the wellness stuff because even the most bullshitty parts of it can bring people mm. to discover things that really do work for them. Mm. And it's just healthy, you know? Yeah. I think whenever it becomes culty, it's unhealthy. But in terms of just constantly trying to better yourself and find out new information... And anything I really think that motivates you to focus on your relationships, focus on your emotional well-being, all these things are, are positive, you know? That's what I like about that you did this Dublin Boys Club. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think ultimately that's that's the thing. You you got you got to you do have to take the the positive out of it and not to cuz I I can be dismissive of stuff all the time. So there's definitely like I was turning up there kind of going, "Oh, right, who's the nut jobs here? Like who's the But you you have to you have to dive in at some point and yeah, if you if you're too negative about things, you stay on the outside all the time. And I think that comes back to look a part of my upbringing as well. That my father was a preacher. I was brought up in a really religious place that I it, it ultimately rejected on some level. 
but then you're on the outside of it completely and you and I and I was you know so angry about a whole type of person or type of people that you can never find any truth in it at all but then if you're to meet my dad and the kind of man that he is today and the truths that he's living out in his life you know he's a good man he does good things you know he's he's um he does amazing work for a community there'll be a lot of people at his funeral we'll put it that way you know yeah but um um so there you know there was a lot of mumbo jumbo and I did reject a lot of that, but the, you know I can't get away from the truth of, you know I was brought up by a good man ultimately, you know. Yeah, faith without works is dead. Since we're going into the yeah. Bible, <laughs> Book of Romans. Oh, then you know? Jesus says, you know more than I do. <laughs> no, but I mean it's just it's just so it's such an important thing of whatever about the relationship you had with your dad and all that, and obviously he's got his. Everyone's got their journey. We all fuck up. Like, yeah, we all fuck up. Of That's course. a fact. And definitely parents, they fuck up. There's yeah. nothing you can do, but. The truth is that whatever he believes in, he is out there actively doing yes. good things. Yeah. And, and and I think doing those good things create a certain energy. But anyway... That's shout out to Third Space on Smithfield Square, guys, if you ever want to pop into his uh, play, his cafe there. <laughs> that's your Do dad's? You know? Yes, my dad's, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I need to... Because he was on the podcast this week. He, on my one, he is... It's not his... It's a social entrepreneurship... That's right. ...that he started. So he doesn't own it, but yeah, that was his. He started that. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. 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 There you are now. There you go. I did so, not know that. So that's his very successful one. It's done amazingly. They did. They opened a second one in industry that didn't work out, but yeah, Smithfield has been just absolutely booming, and you can see the uh, the the life and the work that he's doing, and and he really had a heart for doing something outside the religious world after he had finished with that, and um. Yeah, it's just a fascinating, even I found out more about it this week, that like if it ever does, you know, if it ever does collapse, no direct, nobody gets any money from, nobody profits from it, it'll all go back into, uh, into the money from whatever's left over will go back into community on, wow. and enterprises and stuff like that, so nobody owns space. it, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, it's a very, I think it was a New York guy who wrote the book called Third Space. The idea being you've got your home, you've got your work, you've got your third space. Yes. I never, um, and even in the title, I never realized that's what it was. But yeah. of course it makes sense. And, uh, it was, and it's, it's. some people say it's what's lacking in the, as we've evolved as a society, you lose that village, you know, you lose that sense of. That's exactly what he talks about, yeah. Is he, that right? He's yeah, he's creating the village again. He wa He wants, he's basically trying to create spaces where, it's like the, what what it was the old country pub here where you went to the pub because you had to to have a meeting with somebody. Yeah. But you could buy some milk as well and bread on the way home and you, you heard the local news and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what he's and trying to do. And it connected to. you to people. It it's gave you a connection. sense of responsibility. Yeah. Change the city around the table is the kind of one of the... One really change the city around the table. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good in the sense that if you can create these urban villages or certainly this sense of belonging, which I've always thought is what what you lose when religion breaks down mm. is you lose a sense of belonging, which mm. I think is good because religion was too didactic. Yes. But it needs to be replaced, mm. which the internet sometimes replaces with, I think, negative communities. Yeah, yeah. But what I like about this concept is you get the urban village without the rigidity of the 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 previous kind of rural mm. village life of the lace curtain and yes. people watching what you do. That There's a certain negativity to that. So I like... When you take, I guess, like what we've learned from modern evolution or certain urban living, or, or certainly if you embrace urban living, you take all the positives from that, but you remember that belonging, sense of community, sense of responsibility to yes. your neighbor. Yep. These things are good. Yeah. They're like anchors. Absolutely. That I, I think I think we've lost. Oh, totally. And I think that I heard Joe Brawley talking on uh, an interview on Joe.e recently when he talks about the GAA and what that means to him. And hearing him talk about the GA was like shit I missed that I missed that his whole love of the GA is that community is that you know we're part of something we are looking after our neighbor it can never be professional because it's it would it's gone what 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 GAA means is completely gone it's about looking after the members of your community you know he gave a kidney to a guy didn't know who he was but he's in, he's in the GA club well, well then I know who he is yeah, you know what I mean fucking guy fucking rejected it did he? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> but don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, it wasn't. The guy didn't reject it. The guy it really didn't wanted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the I body rejected it. I think so. I think yeah, so. Don't, yeah. don't quote me on that. That's gas. Well, I agree with that. Other than the professional part, which is a, a separate argument. But when I was in Connemara doing um, uh, In the Name of the Father, and I, I'd played GA before. I was actually mm. a member of the Volunteers in Wexford, but... I never really, GAA, I never was really properly involved in GA club until I was in Connemara. And it was then that I really appreciated the importance of the GA and perhaps the lack of credit they get for the service that they provide. Yes, yeah. You know, at, at, at not much cost to the state, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah. mostly sort of funded within its own ranks. Yes. And one of the moments was there was just some like under 14s match on. I happened to be driving past. So I just parked, stood out, started watching the match. Next thing I'm talking, no, I'm a member. I'm playing with the junior yeah, C yeah. and the junior A's and yeah. stuff and training with the seniors. But like suddenly I'm talking to people and we're talking about these kids and whose kid is that? And, mm. you know, suddenly you're just involved. Yeah, yeah. That I think that is. It's a great thing. I, I only lived, unfortunately, for one year in Middleton when, when I played GA because I didn't go to, I went to a Protestant primary school and then went into secondary school. It was Christian Brothers. So it was just like, why am I playing hurling? And so then I, I got into it then. But I lived very close to Milton GA Club and the summertime was the best thing ever. You just go down there and you'd poke a ball around in the park, but then the match would start so you'd watch the match and you know, people are coming and going. It was just complete community. It was just yeah. you get to hang out. This the disco was there, you know, all that. You were getting your shift behind the scoreboard in the middle of a game, you know, it was it was it was the best, you know. And obviously not everyone finds themselves belonging within that structure. Yeah. But but the great thing about modern society is, I, you know, I don't think it has to be structured around like a like a central place or it doesn't even have to be structured around a sense of identity or, you know, that's that's the problem with like these people that are like, they're not Irish, you know, like, yes, I, I, I think that the, the new structures will be more, uh, you know, inviting to all groups and you can pick your own. But at the same time, that dude, what is it, Johan Hari? I know, like, he just yes, does a Yes, Lost TED, Connections, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks a lot about that, you know, the... 
that connection is 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 the key to addiction you know people in isolation and you know i think he he's too simplified but it does really make sense yes connection sense of belonging yeah. all these things are huge drives meaning in your life yeah. yeah well meaning is it's is really what came out of that thing that you told me to listen to which i almost feel like we should leave for next week because we've already been chatting for quite a while and yeah. like, i feel like that's a big discussion but yeah how we what we originally said we were going to talk about today was uh based a little bit around what was her name iman amrani i think yeah is a, yeah amrani yeah because i had written armani originally i was yeah getting, and i and then and I, I was like I was, oh somebody from the armani family yeah. is talking about masculinity <laughs> yeah and i was calling her imran but it's like iman amrani and she was on russell howard's good news show as well there during the week uh, i saw that picture ago. yeah yeah um, but it was good it was it, it, it's a six-part series from the yeah. guardian on youtube about masculinity which yes. it's the best one i've seen so far Absolutely. I mean, I, to be honest, me personally, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen anything like a good. Well, I read that book by Liz Plank, which somebody told me was good, and it was rubbish. I mean, it was literally. It's funny. She makes a joke at the beginning of the YouTube video, where she says she's going to talk about masculinity. Any thoughts? And somebody messages her saying, "Don't be preachy early on. Don't be judgmental because it it'll turn people off." Mm. And that is exactly what Liz Plank's book yeah. does. Okay. And it's yeah. meant to be about finding a positive masculinity. But all it does is just shit on masculinity yeah. for the first three chapters in a way that I have to say, if you're a woman, I got to think it's pretty funny. Like there was actually some good writing. Yes. But a lot of it was just like annoying. Yeah. And it was just like almost like unacceptable dismissal of male behavior from yeah. a woman, which is fine, except that she said that she wanted this book to be for men. But it was it, it was it was. No it man's going to be reading that and not be well, angry. <laughs> well, they're going to get angry, which yeah. is fine. You yeah. know, deal with that anger. I think there's something positive of being challenged and having to deal with that. Yeah. But you know that most guys aren't. Yeah. And that's not the way in. Yeah. But at the same time, she makes a joke about that. But she's clearly, she doesn't do that. Yeah. And, and, and she starts with Jordan Peterson and kind of like makes an argument about the, the positive side of what Jordan Peterson is bringing, which is like, it was, it was I thought it was an interesting way to do it the interesting angle on that that i found was that what she was saying was everything that you don't think the guardian is going to say about it and she's 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 kind of going oh i'm like her number one reaction to going to the jordan peterson talk in birmingham was the amount of women that were there Mm. i was like wow you you never hear anybody say that you know what i mean it's always sold as this other thing and then she interviews all the people after the comments and they're all uh Jeremy Corbyn, like, yeah, yeah, left yeah, wing yeah, voters, yeah. and it's like, so it's not all alt right people who go to these things, but that's what's being sold. I, I mean, I have so. Although, in fairness, like, it's not a fair representation of the Jordan Peterson audience because I think in the UK, people do go to things in a different way in the UK. I don't mm. think she would have had the same experience had she gone. Yeah, in the yeah, States. it might be different but, in the US. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, I don't even want to focus on Jordan Peterson too much because he annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I I like that uh, that she was able to find the positive things that people get out of Jordan Peterson, and it really goes back to the argument I just made. Which yeah, is yeah. Even exactly. from annoying people, people find yeah uh, positive things. Yeah, yeah. There's still a truth in the, somewhere in the mumbo well, jumbo. There's, a, there's truth in a lot of it. The problem is that he he's a polemicist, as she says, and there's a lot of traction in what's in the country. What's a polemicist? You know, he he, he comes out with like uh, you know he's a a preacher of of right. of a point of view i guess would, yeah, yeah. is that would that be a good you know and it, he's a what what would be another word for it i i mean he's like a he has like, an like agenda a, like, yeah like a pamphleteer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh anyway 
uh, he he likes the controversial topics, which 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 you know drum up all the ire online, yeah. which is yeah. what gets you know. And un- unfortunately, he's been used very often to tackle sort of like very much the battle between the sexes arguments like equal pay and stuff like that and 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 that's what i i find annoying because that's like incendiary but what's positive about him is he's basically saying he's talking about men looking for meaning and he rejects the term toxic masculinity which i i reject as well actually Mm. i fucking hate the term toxic masculinity it has overtaken masculinity Mm. you mentioned masculinity and people assume you're talking about something Mm. toxic Mm. you know and i don't deny the the negative things that women are saying men are dealing with which mm. comes from uh you know legacy issues of yeah. male dominance i don't i don't actually deny that they're there but to to consider them uh inherently male traits that are toxic is is negative yeah you know? and it's not it's negative it's, it's not true and it's also it doesn't open the conversation to the fact which i think Iman and Ram, Amrani does very well in this is that you can actually, if there is such a thing as toxic masculinity, the people who are, are suffering most from it probably are men as well. They're suffering from... Oh, 100%. But nobody talks about that. Do you talk about terms of, of toxic masculinity in terms of uh, of oppressing others or of oppressing the women? But like, you know... Well, when being... you get into the men's group stuff, yeah, I mean, and that's where it also gets incendiary, which is, it's always... It's not spoken about enough, but I don't have the stats, but I'm not going to compare who suffers more. But the amount of men that suffer from male violence is yes. immense. Yeah. Immense. Yeah. As in... There was some statistic going around there for a while at the 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 odds of being attacked in the street for a, for a man versus a woman. is like, obviously, the man is way more... Yeah, yeah. For and example. The problem is that when you get into these comparisons, because... First of all, you're not comparing like with like. You're not suggesting that a woman, a woman's fear of being raped, is somehow uh, unequal to a man's fear of, of getting a beating. Yeah. They're all horrific. Yeah. But what people forget is that you don't hear a lot of discussions about how dangerous it is, it is for a man to be out at night, yeah. and how easy it is for a man to get the shit kicked out of. Him. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess in a way, it's it's it it doesn't matter if it's worse. Or if, if it's not as bad as rape. I mean, I I don't even think it, it's worth describing, but not I, the, yeah. I, I I think probably, I, I, I think being raped is, is worse. But but at the same time, it's just not great to get your ass kicked. Yeah, it's not, and it's not great to compare the two. It's like, yeah, you're it's just a, kind of talking about apples and oranges. Exactly. Well, what women don't understand, well, not, not what women don't understand, but I remember having a great conversation with my girlfriend recently where I, upon which I realized you're going every day into school ready to fight. Like that's something that she wouldn't have had to deal with at all. Now she was dealing with other things, but from the the physical threat of of getting into a fist fight in school is a daily battle. For yeah, it was a like a thing that existed, you yeah. know, because it, at any time you have to be ready to f- fight back or kick, you know, kick or defend yourself or blah blah. Like that's there all the time, and that know? is the toxicity. Like I, yeah. I, 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 but but I don't know why you have to call that toxic masculinity. I think there has to be some some other word which separates mm. it from masculinity. Yeah, in other words. Toxic that, behavior. Just, well, yeah, that's why I like like macho and machismo, mm. other things that are independent of mm. masculinity, because masculinity and femininity should be equally things that you should cherish, things that yes. you should celebrate. You know? Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't that's why I don't like the word toxic on it, but I do think that those things are negative. We grew up with them, they have they have sculpted us into men that we are today, and some of that stuff that's in us is negative, needs to be 
challenged and I'm down with that 100%. Mm. That's why I always think rather than focus so much on what is toxic masculinity, I always think we should focus much more on what is aspirational masculinity, what is fucking masculinity 2.0, masculinity mm. in a world that is completely changed. Mm. You know, the world has changed. So totally. it is it's 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 an it's an adapt it's an adapting that needs to occur. Yeah, you, know? you got to be able to talk openly about but like I all, your fingers up your bums. Yeah, all that. <laughs> But also, on a, on a serious note, I think that, you know, ha having the discussion of what's difficult for us in terms of growing up with fear of violence and all these things, often, though, when you bring that up, people put it into the space of, are you suggesting that, you know, the, the victims of toxic masculinity, you know, female victims of toxic masculinity you know they basically it becomes an us and them thing it's like no no it's no not, it's completely no, it's independent different. yeah yeah this is just they're different issues yeah this is just and it's almost in a way the same thing as when a femin when a discussion about feminism rises up the angry men pipe up right mm. you, you look at the comments twitter yeah just look at the comments the angry men fuck it they hate fucking chats about feminism mm. even though you have to be an idiot to not see that the majority of these discussions about feminism are valid, you know, mm. like like the inequality mm. existed. Of course, and, yeah. you know, Jordan Peterson can argue all day about fucking equal pay. It's 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 only one of a fucking myriad of issues. Yes, you know that women have had to deal with. And if Jordan Peterson has found some decent formula for saying that, you know, equality of outcome, you know, versus equality of opportunity. Yeah, you know, all this stuff. Fine, okay, but it's 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 actually a small part of the mm. real the real issue. Okay, mm. so. I think it's the same thing when men talk about issues that really affect them and how they can be victims of, you know, macho culture and and negative negative men, you know, that it's almost like we're not allowed to have that space. And that in itself is the essence of the fact that it's not just men that create quote unquote toxic masculinity, it's society. Yes. Everybody's in on yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's in on that. And men should also be allowed to have that discussion without feeling like they're weak or without feeling like they don't have a right. Yeah, the space has to be created. Absolutely, has to be created in society for that. Because uh, also, because I mean, this is men for years have been dropping off the face of the earth by their own choice for suicidal reasons. Yeah, all know? these like, all these stats are because there. Because they're all there, so we got to talk about. It. We have to give space somewhere in order to. To, to express it and I'm, I'm back to the the, the 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 men getting angry about feminism thing i think if most men really encountered some my girlfriend's been reading this book called um i think it's just called red tents or the women in red tents i don't know if you've heard of it it's a beautiful novel um that i haven't read but i've just been hearing non-stop about it and it's excited me and it's a story of uh it's like setting in bible times and it was all about these women who were like well i was talking about brotherhood it was like a sisterhood of of women who had uh, when they had babies they looked after each other because the men couldn't look after them in the way that the women could because it's nature and nurture and, and they're they know how to look after each other they've been through the same journeys and they would go over to each other's tents and cook for them and if if you couldn't breastfeed for example milk wasn't coming well then another mother would breastfeed your child and all that kind of um uh, sisterhood stuff that is apparently there's a modern day version of that as as well and you know that to me was exciting i was like wow that's really cool you know i was when she was telling me all about that and i can see how my girlfriend lives her life now with her friends who have babies of her age and of her 
of the same age and how they support each other. So one of her friends just had a second baby. So Enid is straight over there. You know, I'll take the other child for an afternoon because I can do that because I'm a mother, because I, I know how to do that. I can cook for you. I can, you know, you can be there. I'll be there when you're crying because your nipples are sore because of the breastfeeding, all that kind of stuff. And it really creates a bond of sisterhood that is, you know, that kind of feminism if that's what you want to call it if that's the same type of feminism i don't know but that excites me because it's like that's a really good natural pure connection that is there that has evidently been going on for generation upon generation upon generation it's kind of in your blood it's part of your nature those things should be celebrated they're great i think men 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 are definitely challenged by feminism yeah i i I, I get there. I get there sometimes myself. I get annoyed, you know. Yeah, but even uh, but but I, I I don't know if like sometimes I feel with the modern day fe- feminism thing, it, it can be a bit. I don't know. It can be perceived that it's you know it's it's the, the the young women coming out of the universities or or you know and they're not necessarily connecting to the working classes, for example, or this or, or the or the the single mothers and stuff like that, and and then all that anger starts. It becomes a class thing as opposed to a men versus yeah, women yeah, thing yeah. and all that kind of stuff as well. And but that that's just a more general problem with yeah. pub, modern discourse because yes. everybody has access to everything but anyway in terms of, of keeping it positive for men i think i think this this guardian video thing which we'll talk about more you know because this is just a quick intro to it perhaps we will what we'll do is we'll encourage the listeners to watch yes. it watch it uh, it's on youtube it's called modern mass you just google on or just search on youtube modern masculinity and, yeah, the- and perhaps we'll revisit it next yeah. week and, and and explore it a little bit further because i actually haven't finished it yet you know, there's a lot of interviews with the tattooed guy about uh, meaning and stuff. And mm. I'd like to get into that perhaps next week. Yeah. Um, you know, but, and, and, and he's just found a way to make sense of it for himself. And, you know, yeah. that, that, that all that is the positive stuff that I think I was talking about with the, the boys club and just people just finding a way to, to make sense of life for themselves. But for, for this discussion, I think it's, it's good that we just we just began it and we can we can push it a little further. She is. I think she is looking for you know, ways to portray a positive masculinity, which I think should be where we're at going forward. Absolutely. She's in, she's like, it's, it's proper journalism because she's going in to investigate and she's not sticking any judgment on it, which is really nice. She really listens, doesn't she? She really lets people talk. I'm not, I, I am happy to say publicly that I think men are shamed way too often in modern day discourse and it's unhealthy, despite the fact that I often think that this shame comes from a positive place of trying to improve modern men. Mm. It's often done in a way that is is negative, it's shameful, and actually doesn't motivate change. It no. actually alienates and isolates. I mean, and we know that we can look at the political discourse of the last few years, the way things have shifted in western society the way things are, it's it's you know you get people angry they're going to <laughs> they're going to bite back you know yeah, and it's yeah, not it's, positive i don't it's think not it's positive. I, I don't think i don't think it's positive i do think it's funny that a lot of the discussions i have seen about masculinity have come from women which is funny to me that you know you get these women talking about masculinity uh which which is actually fine to me but i just think it's hilarious because i would never fucking talk about feminine you know like like I, I support feminism, try to understand it, but I wouldn't go out to women and say, hey, th- this is what I think feminism yeah. should be. <laughs> but I think that's where we're at. That's where we're at in society is that like, you know, 
the, that's the temperature of society at the moment. I don't think if a man went to the Guardian and said, "I want to do a piece of masculinity," they would have gone nah. But because well, I, it, I mean, be- I had last year gone. I didn't go to anybody directly. I went to a production company and said, "I'd like to do something on masculinity," and I got some suggestions. Now I didn't pursue it. That's there's actually an episode from about a year ago, right, on my own talking about masculinity. But the reason why I did that episode was because actually I, I listened to that. Yeah, I was I trying that. to brainstorm. A proposal <laughs> for a fucking masculinity podcast, actually, yeah. and I never really—that was just pure laziness on my behalf. But, uh, but, but, very much what she was doing was was kind of like where I wanted to go with it. So I was quite happy to mm. to see it. So I want to watch the rest, and perhaps we'll do like a we'll do like a part two. We can do it, yeah, or, or a little series on certain aspects of it, or we could do at some. times. Yeah, we're gonna bore everybody. Sorry, you know? yeah. So now we can bring the banter back. What, what else is going on in your life before we wrap it up? I'm going off. Oh, you're on with Joanne McNally tonight. Right. Joanne, get out of Lamry tonight with Joanne. Yeah, should be good to crack down. Actually, it's probably, a good, it's probably a good time to point out to our listeners of the, the Des Bishop podcast that um, as I had uh, alluded to a few months ago and didn't get it together, but, uh, you know, we want to make the Des Bishop podcast more sort of, uh, you know, a few regular contributors, not just interviews, because the interviews are hard to organize. But uh, Steve uh, was already on board, but uh, Joanne McNally is also coming on board. Amazing. To be a regular contributor. Good so times. Joanne's getting a Zoom H6. And <laughs> she, no matter where she is in the world, she's going to be a regular contributor because she's, she's basically discovered that when something fucking pisses her off, she wants a place to, to vent. Yeah. You know? I mean, it would have been great to have her here for this chat, actually. Absolutely, yeah. Just and to, she's in town somewhere. She's you no, know, she's doing. She's she doing told a photo me she was shoot. too busy this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did she's, actually tell me she was too she's busy. Doing, she's doing a photo shoot and her hair and all that. So essentially, it's going to become like a collective of me, you, and Joanne. Yeah. So I'm going to change the name. We'll come up with a name, and uh, threesome. No. <laughs> Threesome's not bad, but there must be. I bet you there is a fucking threesome podcast. Yeah, you know, yeah, all the names are out there, all right, but but it's not my. I, honestly, I, it's not my preferred threesome. I prefer two women, and, <laughs> two women and a guy. <laughs> if we're gonna, I thought we were close, man. No, I get it. <laughs> Listen, I get it, but that's not the type of boys' club. That's a, actually uh, the next Dublin boys' club. Is, is, <laughs> d- it's a very d- different type of boys' club. Yeah. Double teaming, fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. double teaming women. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So so that 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 that's happening, uh, which means that we will be we will be on the regular. I mean. It's it's been a struggle since I brought this podcast back to keep it going weekly, and I yeah. felt like one or two like on my own talking to myself, and I, I I really was like, I you know I was starting to worry, Jesus, it's slipping again, you know, <laughs> but but I feel I feel a good uh, well, definitely with other people on board, it's good to keep the well, we just talked about it, didn't we? Reaching out and doing things with other people, you just got to keep communicating. Got to keep it. communicating, man. Gotta it won't always be so fucking wellness orientated, by the way. Just in not case. at all. That's Our just other where we're time, at the moment, we, we, we thought about talking about, you know, the reaction to the rise of Sinn Fein, but which is fascinating. Well, it was a better discussion two days ago. It always gets complicated. The minute Sinn Fein get popular, every fucking atrocity from the past gets brought up. So it gets, yeah, yeah. Then it gets difficult to defend. We them. thought you'd heard enough about that, listeners. Basically, yeah, There's yeah, enough yeah. Of it going it gets on. difficult, but I, I like Mary Lou. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm a Mary Lou fan. I'm a Mary Lou fan. I have a weird crush on her as she's well. She's your constituency, right? She's my constituency, and she's also like, uh, like I went to school like around the corner from her office, basically, in Cabra. I like Mary Lou. I've always liked Mary Lou. I used Lou. to pull her pints in the in the teachers' club years ago. I made the mistake years ago when I was at the West Belfast Festival of um, 
saying to two very important members of the of the IRA or <laughs> former members of the IRA, uh, real ones, by the way, not fake ones, uh, proper members of IRA history, I made the mistake of suggesting to them that I think it would be way better if uh, you let Mary Lou or Pierce Doherty take over in the South because Jerry just has too much connection to the past, yeah. even though I love Jerry Adams, yeah. you know? Uh, and uh, I, I, I got this young Sinn Féin activist behind them fucking giving me the fucking like shut the fuck up <laughs> cut 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 literally he was doing the, the fingers across the neck like cut i don't he was saying cut by the way he wasn't saying you're fucking dead you're fucking dead you're fucking dead like so you're so uh yeah. oh that was a great move it was a great it was a great well, yeah show. but that was way later like mm. that that was way later and i think i was wrong actually i mean i think she actually had a baptism of fire with the local elections i mean it wasn't like a love-in for fucking Sinn Féin straight away when mary lou took over but anyway they are getting a boost now but i think they're only getting a boost because people want an alternative and there's no other real alternative no. poor fucking labor labor, poor labor they, they shot the bed years ago yeah but they, yeah but then I, I i feel like honestly that i feel like they're unfairly targeted for mm. for what happened it was such i a think it's because they went because we yeah, well, but when they went in the coalition with Fine Gael, i think that they uh people really turned on them for that didn't they no absolutely but i i, I don't you know and joan burton i said at the time labor should not go into government They'd yes. be better off in opposition but the thing is that 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 was the selfish that was the selfish thing and it was their demise but the the non-selfish thing was to go into government and do whatever the fuck they could do it was so limited but mm. they did it and they're fucking still paying for it whereas fina gale never paid for it, and fina fall didn't fucking pay for fucking it up so it's really it's really like an unfair uh demise of, of the labor party no matter how critical you are of the labor party which mm. is totally fair enough if you're angry with them mm. But look how much they've suffered compared to the other parties. It's fucking, oh, it's, like it's, it's irrational. Decimated. It is irrational. Yeah. Like, it is irrational. Decimated. But Sinn Féin are filling that hole. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough for Sinn Féin to fill that hole because I've always felt that, you know, to just continually harp back onto the violence is, is just counterproductive. Like even Fintan O'Toole is basically saying, like, the, the time to just fucking let that go is, is now. You yeah. know? Like, like people who've, who, who didn't have anything close to direct connection to the violence seem seem more incapable of getting over it than people who fucking lost their children mm. like those people have been able to to put the past behind them and move forward yeah but for some reason people that have no connection to the troubles they they they, they can't fucking let it go and it's so strange that in the north they can power share and people just say this is what we need for progress but in the south it's like no we, we're not letting that shit go it's, yeah, it's it, it, hypocritical. It's, I think it is a double standard. Totally, totally, you know? totally. But whatever, you know, I'm I'm not a straight up shinner, so I don't want people getting that impression. However, I am content with them having a larger share. However, I I still I do have uh, a reservation that they will be good in government. You think that Shivan will be good in government? I don't. I don't actually know. I don't mm. actually know if they'd be good at it. I I think. I like the shakeup. I think it does all need a shakeup. I like a shakeup. So I, like, I know, but so all I, like I want, all I want is I, essentially I want the policies of the social democrats, but with actual with a conservative government leading those those, those no, policies. No, no, I just want I I, I want a, a a majority enough that things will be able to happen. But I don't want it to be too radical. I want. Yeah. I've always been a fan of what is essentially European with, social democracy. Yeah, which, which is I think is achievable here. Yeah, yeah. 
which is essentially like if you're thinking thinking in terms of left versus right and all that that's the problem i would be very much along those lines but if you want the safety kind of thing you end up with Fianna Fáil like because that's the thing but i just want center left man i I basically i want everything that's now i want i want uh championing entrepreneurship i want like business friendly policies but all in the the vein of giving investing back into society social as the, housing yeah investing back into exactly. society all the time yeah as as the number one priority yeah. but I, I don't know why in modern society we just haven't been able to find a fair and effective way yeah. to get that investment back into society you know and and, and the, the worry is with somebody like Sinn Féin well that's what they're trying to paint it as but like Mary Lou sitting down with the heads of Apple and Google and all that kind of stuff would, would they be seen next to that brand you know everyone's been talking about that as well it's just like pfft. well the Americans won't care yeah <laughs> The Americans fucking love Sinn Féin. <laughs> Do they? But even yeah. the big corporations and all that kind of stuff, they wouldn't... They're trying to They're trying to sell an angle, fucking basically. Bill that Clinton Google can't w- be fucking hanging out with fucking Jerry yeah, Adams yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I came to Martin's funeral. Yeah, you know. But anyway. The, but anyway, by the time, the, the next time we do a podcast, this will all have been sorted. Yeah, so we'll find out. I mean, I personally think it's... it's I think either two things are going to happen. Fina Gale and Fianna Fáil are going to go into power with Sinn Féin, or Fianna Gale and Fianna Fáil are just going to join forces with like one other small party to keep Sinn Féin out. But for Sinn Féin, that's the best scenario because they will become the genuine opposition. Like, like for the first time ever, yes. Sinn Féin will be the lead opposition party yes. and they will grow as a result of that. At the same time, it may be a case of it'll be put to Sinn Féin Will you be the minority partner in this government? They have and no other Shin, choice. They can't. Shin, they can't Shin, be the. They don't have enough. Cons, they don't have enough candidates to be a majority. Although party. they can't be the majority no. party. No. no, but 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 the other two said they will not go into coalition with Sinn Fein. I've I heard this from from a lad in the Irish Times. His his prediction on it is, although he said this on the day that it came out in the Sunday Times of uh, Fianna Fáil, were like, "There's not a hope will ever go." But he thinks Fianna Fáil will bend, and they'll go into into coalition with Sinn Fein. Because all the electricity, as he put it, is surrounding those two Republican parties, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. So he thinks Fianna Fáil are going to bend, and that will be the coalition. Interesting. In- fascinating. I am fascinated to see how it We'll goes. see, man. It's an interesting election, you know? Mm. Um, all right. Well, that was great, man. Hour and six minutes, just like that. Boom. going to get this up pretty quick, I think. I'll put it up first thing in the morning, Friday mornings. But I'm going to change the day if we... We start getting something going on the regular with the regular contributors. I'm, I'm, I think, I don't know what day, but Friday's not the best day. Like, you know. Yeah, it's. I think. I think the only day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I know, but if fucking shift goes up on Tuesday, like, mm. oh, fucking break my heart. Break my fucking heart. Break, break my heart. heart. You know. Monday, not bad. I'm gonna try it out. But anyway, I can't do fucking Monday, dude. I, I'm mm. recording on it. Like, it's just gonna kill me. You know. It'll be Thursday, I'd say. I need to wee. Friday commute. All right, all fucking podcasts end with a wee. <laughs> So, thanks to Steve, thanks to you guys, wonderful Friday, I hope you all have. Um, as I said at the beginning of the episode, at hello Stevo on Instagram, I'm at Des Bishop. Do leave a comment. If you listen on iTunes, five stars, leave a comment. If you listen on Spotify, do give a screenshot, maybe put it up on your Instagram story saying, really interesting chat with Steve and Des. If you didn't like it, just shut the fuck up. And... We'll we'll be back next week. Um, if you're if you listen to the shift, we got a great episode with Jess Brennan coming up on Tuesday, as we also mentioned. And uh, that's really it, guys. We'll chat to you next week. Thank you so much for being here. 
Really appreciate it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.